This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. A big thank you to our amazing sponsor, Monday Hair Care, for not only allowing this podcast to happen, but for taming my huge frizzy pregnancy hair with their amazing best-selling line, Smooth, and giving some of my bigness to Emma with their volume shampoo and conditioner. Their products are free from SLS and parabens and are Leafing Bunny approved, which is the gold standard for cruelty-free beauty internationally. Monday's available in more than 30 countries, is the number one hair care brand on TikTok, and has won loads of beauty awards. Head to mondayhaircare.com to find out where you can get your hands on their beautiful pink bottles. Thanks, Monday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Takeaways Pod. Hello. Um, with me and Emma. <laughs> me, Alex, and Emma, my co-host. <laughs> like, surely they know the drill by now. You know yeah. Don't need to always introduce it. Alex from AKS and Emma from King's Cross. Yeah, and my Elizabeth Banks, not Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth Holmes era today, a little turtleneck. Have you ever watched that series with her and, well, where Amanda Seyfried, is that how you say it, plays her? Seyfried? Yeah. No, I haven't watched it and I want to. We actually spoke about her at work this week because my co-worker said she was sort of saying, I think she knew what she was doing. And my boss said, no, I don't think she set out to defraud people. I think she just yeah, kind I of agree with that. lost her, um, lost the science halfway through and decided to push on. I think she was just desperate to be successful at any cost. Yeah. But I also, I sort of said, it's quite epic that there are so few female con women that every single one of them gets her own Netflix show. It's kind of iconic. We've got her. We've got Inventing Anna. I loved Inventing Anna. It's so good. Or we're just so good at it that we don't get caught. I'm sure there are just as many dishonest women. Nah. Is called con man for a reason. That's a whole other problem. That's like our conversation about. Well, about what? Like you say, fireman, policeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you only put like male in front of like male nurse and male stripper. Yes, male stripper. <laughs> but I think it's like, you know, women apply for a job when they're 110% qualified. Yeah. So a woman would start a con when she was like pretty, very sure. She'd ironed out all the yeah. details. And for that, honestly, I commend you. Good on you. Take your money. You've earned it, sweet girl. <laughs> sweet girl. I can hear some children. I know there's like a class of children that are just like walking down the street. Horrifying. Oh, I thought they looked quite cute. <laughs> one of them has the same backpack as me. <laughs> hey, I've got that one too. She's got a quite a chic mustard colour though. She's wearing a, sh- a mustard skirt and mustard tights. This isn't a uniform. She's chosen this out. <laughs> okay, she sounds like she's got her shit way more together than I do. She looks really cool. I'm really into it. It's like a must- mustard tartan pleated mini skirt with thick tights. Oh my God, she sounds like Cher Horowitz. What a vibe. She looks so cool. Is that Cher's last name? Horowitz. Is it? Cher from Clueless. Yeah, I know. Not Cher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a second, I was like, there's only one Cher. Then I was like, no, there is famously <laughs> another Cher who has no last name. Like, that would be most people's go-to. I wonder what her last name is. She always sounds like she's got something stuck in her throat when she's singing, doesn't she? She really does. They always play her at the little, like, trampoline gym class I go to. I love that class. I'd never say exercise of enjoyable, obviously, but that, that one's kind of a vibe. That's so funny. I just used to howl the whole way through the class. Yeah. Because I find it so amusing. And they're like, not the performer, what's the word? The instructors. <laughs> the star of the show. The performers have absolutely no qualms. And honestly, I aspire to that. They have no no hubris, no ego. 
yeah. no sense of shame. They're up there like singing, doing high kicks, like singing along really badly to the music. And I'm like, do you know what? Literally like pumping themselves up and down this mini track. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a flying what people think. And I think that's aspirational. The one that I used to go to, the one by me and Angel, there was a girl there that took the morning class, this was years ago, and she was actually a lawyer. And she just did that as a hobby in her spare time. So she'd come and take the class a couple of times what a week. absolute weeping. I know. What a powerhouse. I know. What a jack of all. Do you know, the term jack of all trades is really misleading. Why? The term is, the saying is jack of all trades. Do you want it to be Jackie? No. <laughs> For once, this isn't going to be a gender thing. But jack of all trades and the second half is master of none. Yeah. You're actually not specialised. But people are like, oh, he's a real jack of all trades. Like, it's a good thing. Same as blood is thicker than water is nothing to do with family. It's about, like, blood you share on the battlefield with your comrades is more important than family and stuff. Oh, is it? Yeah. So that's been completely bastardised and is used in the wrong way. Oh, I thought it was, like, blood had a thicker viscosity. <laughs> what a word. What a word. <laughs> that's the third scientist in there. Yeah, well. It shows. All I all I know about you is that you go to work, you eat little snacks, and then you chew them up and you spit them out. That is what I do. For the first two years, you didn't spit them out, and then you did. And now, and that's what I know about you. Yeah, I had to learn to use the spit cup. Some people still don't use the spit cup that I work with. Honestly, what? it's a free meal. Yeah, but you can eat way more with the spit cup. So one time a friend and I at work, there was a whole tray of donuts put out on the floor. And we ate the whole thing with the spit up so that we got to try every single donut, which is actually really selfish because they were for everyone. Incredibly selfish. And something Homer Simpson would do. Oh my God. I'd highly recommend doing that if anyone wants to eat endlessly. Imagine we start going to, the, going to the pub and bringing a spittoon with you so you can sample everything on the menu. That's like my dream. But as we say, we like to tie a little bit of everything. It's girl dinner. But if you've got the spit cup, you can eat everything. You don't even have to just try. <laughs> Welcome. Introducing the spit cup. You can have it all. It's a new diet. It sounds pretty disgusting. It's like a wine tasting. Never have I ever gone to a wine tasting and actually spit out the wine, obviously. No, neither, actually. You're meant to. We have a really cool thing at work, though. It's like a big like sink almost in like a like, like a boat sink. Don't. And the wine developers, yeah, use it and it has it running water. And so they all stand around, drink the wine and spit into it. Okay. The running water makes it like a little bit yeah. more acceptable. It's like a river. Like a moat. Okay, <laughs> you're taking absolute liberties now. It's like you've got a huge castle in the middle. <laughs> There's a drawbridge that comes down. And it's full of donuts. Oh my God, in my last days at work. Yeah, sorry for everyone's, I don't know if we said it the last one, Alex is now on mat leave. Yes. We love to see it. She's taking lady days every I'm day. I'm loving it. I am really loving it. The first week felt a little bit odd and I actually ended up putting quite a lot into my week and I was absolutely exhausted and then I got sick. This week I've been way more chilled, just kind of chilling on the couch all day. Sam actually said to me before, he's been on calls all day and he finally got off and I was like, you've literally been on calls all day and I just have to sit here in silence while you're on calls and he was like, I was just thinking how unbelievable it is you said that. <laughs> and I was like, well, what am I meant to do exactly? Well, touche. What do you, I was like, you haven't moved either. He was like, yes, I'm working. I was like, well, 
what what do you expect from me? He needs to set up a home office, preferably preferably outside the home. <laughs> he was like, don't you want me in the lounge with you, like as company? I was like, no, go away. You're not company. You're talking to everyone but me. Also, like unplug your headphones so I can hear the other side of the combo. Well, that's <laughs> right. One side sucks. <laughs> you nosy little bitch. turn on my fan here because obviously I can't form windows open because of the screaming children next door. It's hot again this afternoon, is it? I mean, no, it was hot last night too. I went out last night to like a, a meet a friend. I know it shakes you up when I hang out with people that you don't know. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I put her on my story and I thought the girls are not going to like this, but she's a very good old co-worker friend. How do you word that? A really good friend who I used to work with. And we went to Shoreditch House, which was really fun, and went to this gig. Fun. How'd you get in? Is she a member? Yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> How did they, they let scum <laughs> like you in the door? No wonder your friends were there. I know. <laughs> it's a very lucrative friendship for me. I cycled there because I was running like halfway through it, it started pouring. Sound like you. What did I try to say to you the other day? I was like, I'm always on time now. It's like really vintage, vintage Emma for me to be running late. And you guys were like, I was like, you literally ran late yesterday. <laughs> Defined vintage. It's a work on <laughs> vintage of yesterday. Very valuable vintage. I was running late and then I like got off the bike when it started pouring and it was going to be 40 minutes longer to get the bus. So I just powered through and I turned up looking like a drowned rat. I was in a silk top and no bra and I like had to go and dry myself under the hand dryer. It was absolutely feral. Oh I was <laughs> sopping. But it was really fun. You would have looked in absolute state. I, I got there and I thought, God, I hate rich people. But then you kind of get in the vibe and you're like, oh, I like this. I've never seen so much like long, luscious. I've never had so many girls toss their hair into my fucking rosé before on the dance floor. I was like, okay, I get it. Like, Clementine, I know you've got beautiful strands, but like, can you please <laughs> not swish them through my vino? You know? <laughs> Everyone there looked about 12. Um, obviously having some stem cell treatments. All the talks. Um, but it was fun. You can often trick them and get more people inside too. I've done that a few times. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been a tricky yeah. and gone in as well. Not that I'm actually a member. No. <laughs> I wish I was. But we we work around it. Um, but that answers the first question, which I know you're going to ask. What did you have for dinner? Coomera fries. Embarrassingly, I asked for Coomera fries and they were like, what? And I was like, sorry, sweet potato fries. Yeah, I've completely abandoned the word Coomera after... One time when I was traveling with a friend of ours and she ordered Kuma fries and it was either Italy or Spain, <laughs> I think it was Spain, and they were sh shaken to their core, <laughs> rightly so. Because she would have been like, you know, Kuma fries. Yeah. She was like, Cobra. Cobra knows And I was like, oh my God, I'm never saying that ever again until I move on. And then I went on to tell a very boring story to this friend about Kumara in New Zealand and the fact we have a native strain and she was like oh cool and I was like mm. it's got purple veins running through it I think orange <laughs> Kumara is native to Hawaii <laughs> She's like, okay. we assume they bought them on the boat with them we assume who knows it did, it did it did pick up after that do you know what she's really she's so fun and it's nice having a single friend 
sorry to be this person. Yeah. Is she single? Yeah. All of our friends at the moment are yeah, coupled up. Made up. And I'm sending you like stuff that I want to do. I'm like, who's going to come with me? And it's like, hang around the South Bank. <laughs> no. That is a good idea. Like that pumpkin patch and Tully's, Tully's farm and stuff. And I'm like, ideally, I'd be doing this with a partner. It is cuffing season. What's cuffing season? Cuffing season is after summer when you want a partner. Oh, you settle down for the cold nights. You settle down. It's cuffing because you like put handcuffs on. Oh, interesting. Cuffing season. Although I did today. Who are you going to cuff with? Well, I have been on a few dates with someone and then today I had to pull pin, which is always oh makes you feel so shitty, doesn't it? Like The bowling guy? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I know. He's so lovely. But at this age, you know, they've got to be... You've got to be like, I want to be with you forever, which... It's, it's quite a hard thing to know after only a couple of dates. I know, I know. And you do like... But as I've said to you, if I'm going to be sat across the table from them for 70 years, like you need to be pretty obsessed, I think, early on. And I do really like him and he ticks heaps of boxes. And he, and he sort of said, like, can you tell me why? Oh. And that's the second time this year someone's said to me, like, can you like kind of give... And I was like, fair enough, I'd want feedback too, but... It's like there's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong. Oh, there's nothing wrong. Bless him. He's so lovely. But no, yeah. Oh well. Everyone's not for everyone. We move. Exactly. Everyone's not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. And you know he's British, so you, then you've got to worry about the distance if you move home. And I'm just, yeah, it's easier to just stay in Tibbetian. Breaking that news to your parents. I know. My therapist was like, you know, sometimes you complain about being single, but you exclusively date. Kiwis. I was like, yeah. And she was like, you know, that's quite a small pool when you live on the other side of the planet. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Very. I mean, even when you're in the land of them, that's this is a small pool. That's right. I also don't complain about being single too often. Obviously, sometimes you're like, it's more expensive and stuff, but you have so much freedom and I don't have to share my room with anyone. Yeah. Like, oh. Sharing your room does get tough too. Like, there's stuff's in there, then their same mess there and there. And there and there. And you're just like, can you just give me some space? I literally barely, I didn't get out of bed yesterday. I slept really badly. And then I was like, at one point, if I had to share this space. Imagine if there was someone in that room. Judging me. Telling you to get up. Breathing on me. Telling me to get up. Can you show me what you had for dinner, please? I had for dinner, I made a spicy peanut butter dumpling noodle soup thing. Holy shit. It was really yum. Yum. It wasn't the most nutritious thing I've ever made, I will say that. Oh, who cares? But it was really yum. I just did like kind of a chicken stock sauce with some spicy bits in it, like chili paste, some ginger paste, peanut butter. And then I bought some noodles and some dumplings, cooked those up, kind of added it all together and put some spring onion on top. It was so yum, really, really good and very yum. filling. It made like a lot of food because you've got the dumplings and the noodles. Um, so I was pretty full afterwards, had leftovers as well. Delicious. Well, bang for your buck in the cozy lives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> in the cozy lives. And I got so many messages from people loving it as well. Like people do just love the kind of less nutritious oh. recipes. Like I always try and do a balance, you know, because I'm like, I do want people to eat well and like I like to promote like using loads of different veggies in my meals because I truly believe in that but when you do ones like this it's so tempting not to keep doing recipes like that because they just get such a high hit right <laughs> just absolutely pops off yeah and everyone's like wow this looks amazing like oh, messages. <laughs> you're like why do I bother like I'm not your mother I was like did you guys not see my butter bean butternut dish a couple of nights ago <laughs> <laughs> well so it's so cute that people message like I know we say this all the time but 
honestly, those like mess- getting messages from people who are enjoying what you're doing is it is lovely, isn't it? So great. Like I honestly love it, and it's very validating because you kind of don't know how things are being received. Obviously, like I'm like I find this funny, but that's because it's me making the yeah, jokes. Yeah, totally. Like, when someone else is enjoying what you're putting out, it's yeah, it's just a, you're not just like talking into space. I mean, we're still doing that a little bit. But. Who would you like to have for dinner this week? <laughs> you didn't like my um my gratitude monologue. I did, but I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to fuck myself. Sorry. <laughs> Guys, stop listening. Don't message us. We don't need you. We've made it. Um, I have no time to be grateful. <laughs> I'm busy making dinners with too many vegetables. <laughs> Okay, well, who do I want to have for dinner? Oh, you're going to fucking love this. Can't wait. We are having the queen herself, Britney Spears. I thought you were going to say the actual queen. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. She wouldn't give you, that woman is so well media trained, you wouldn't get a peep out of her except when she says, hello. But she's, she's made some quite funny comments to people like in passing. Over the years. Yeah, she does have a cheeky a cheeky yeah. side. If you could be if this is like that when we stopped saying we'd get guests hammered and started saying we'd use a truth serum, which I think was a good a good PC pivot. <laughs> if we could truth serum up old Queenie, I'd be into it, yeah. Anyway, back to Brittany. Back to Brittany. Oh, there's so much I want to know. I wouldn't want her for dinner. No offense. Mm. Why? Because of her dancing? Because that's kind of fair enough. Because of her dancing. Entirely because of her dancing. <laughs> I've got no problem with her. She's she's amazing. She's like, I, I do love her, but I wouldn't want her in my house. That would terrify <laughs> the living shit. Dusty whining around me. your living room. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know where she was pulling her phone out. Was she filming things? Like, it's just <laughs> I should also, I'm going to say this. I wasn't going to, but I've had so many messages from friends this week being like, give us the full story about Bike Guy. Oh. And I do want to say part of the reason that I called it off was because he sent me a couple of photos he'd taken of me on the day without me knowing. And he was like, they were just, I was like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, just like nice memories for me. And I was like, that's so sweet and so not something I can get on board with. Yeah, fair enough. And then he accidentally sent me a really weird photo of himself that I actually won't say because it's really personal. And I'm not going to like shame someone for their proclivities. But I was like, this is this is too much for me. Anyway, so you never know when people are pulling their phone out. Yeah, I think he just got a bit attention-seeking maybe of you, like really wanted your attention, you know, and so sort of started like pulling out a few stops, like sending you the pictures. And I think you he know? just felt comfortable. Like I think he kind of had progressed the relationship in his yeah, maybe, maybe a lot further than it was. That's a nice way to think of it. And was like, okay, now I feel comfortable enough to send her these. Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> Please don't feel comfortable around me in future. I'm good at lulling men into a false sense of security. You are. Never relax around me. I'm a people pleaser by birth. Uh, Anyway, we're having Britney Spears. First of all, obviously, the first portion of the evening, the entrees will be spent speaking about her conservatorship and everything about it. And then we're going to move on to her relationship with Sam, who she's now divorced, and what his motives were. And my most interesting interested part is going to be the rumors now that are absolutely rampant that she's actually dead 
and all the videos are a woman with a similar body and AI on her face. And honestly, what on earth? You girls convinced. You think she's dead? Yeah, apparently she's because she was going to blow everything up and like and cut everyone off. And so she's now dead and they've had a body double and just used deep fake AI on her face. And I've watched so many videos that actually make it kind of convincing that that's not the real Britney. Um, she looks different. She acts different. If I die, make sure my body double has one hell of a figure. Because <laughs> a real I want people to think <laughs> that I'm a phenomenal nerd. You had a massive glow up post, a very serious if illness. If you're going to go and get me a body double, I want them to be a rocket. Shit, yeah. Imagine if they get someone real realistic and I'm like, cool, my body double <laughs> doubles dumpy. Sick. But these are the rumors. And I honestly... I'm a believer. And now she's putting out this, apparently this towel. And part of me is, I've seen the rumors that are like, she hasn't written it. Like her, she's dead. <laughs> Sorry. This is absolutely ridiculous. She's six feet under. This is like when I told you about the Illuminati. She's six feet under and they've made this book. But also she said that if it's true, Justin Timberlake made her get yeah, abortion. Yeah, I read that. And someone, I saw someone commenting that even <clears throat> men benefit from abortion, even when they stay silent. Like, I don't believe he's ever spoken out about it. It's the same thing as the Republican senators. Like, why, why does he have to speak out about it? It's benefited him, and he should speak out in support of it. He let her get absolutely eaten alive by the press for years. He's such a coward. For getting an abortion. No, no, he, he um, in lots of interviews and stuff, he sort of used her name, he denigrated her, he kind of made her seem like a joke. Oh, okay, well, that's not nice, that's not nice. I don't think it's his responsibility to share anything about her abortion. No, not share, but, like, if you've utilised it, maybe when the red state's trying to ban it, say, hey, this might be a good tool for women. It's like the Republican senators who do want to ban it, and then they'll still get a, an abortion for their mistress or their wife if they needed one. Like, it's... It's always available to the privileged, even if they don't speak on it. I, I don't think those are on the same page, though. Justin and Brittany would have been so young. They were, I know. But uh, she wanted to keep it allegedly, and he didn't. But apparently he spit on a waiter. He did. I actually, I actually don't really like him, to be honest. Like, I'm not sticking up for him because I'm a big fan. I find him... Do you know what he reminds me of? I reckon he seems like he is a nerd who's done really well and become really successful, but he's always trying to yeah. be cool. Like Joe Jonas. You can, yeah, you can kind of see that he is just such a nerd. Such a nerd. It's like in that video where he like was had his hands all over his co-star yeah. and it was really embarrassing. And then he put out that really weird teary statement. He apologized. Yeah. We say what happens on set stays on set. When we're on set, just like this pod, that's the rule. If we're on set. <laughs> What happens on here stays on here. Don't at me. <laughs> don't contact me. What I say on here, I don't want to know about it afterwards. I never want to be challenged. I never want you to <laughs> ask me my opinion. I don't know either. Anyway, so I want to have Brittany and just, I want to cook her a really nice meal Aww. and get her her favorite drinks and just like kind of give her a hug. Her family are awful. Jamie Lynn's a proper little bitch. I would like, the only reason I'd have her around is just to, not understand more about her parents and what her childhood was like. I find that fascinating. Like, I reckon her mum must have been one of the pushiest mums in the entire world. She, she was also just unnaturally beautiful. Yeah, she was. But also, but she was a Mickey Mouse club. So all those kids. But there's plenty of beautiful children, you know. Yeah. Okay, Pedo. <laughs> I personally am a big fan of them. <laughs> I've got a 
huge haul of them on my phone. <laughs> Someone check out hi, Jai. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> pedo jokes, just when you didn't think we could suit any lower. <laughs> yeah, she would have had a really pushy mum and both kids just kind of had mares. Yeah. And there's interviews where, like, you know, everyone's seen them with that creepy old white guy is like, oh, everyone's talking about it. And she's like, what? And he goes, so gross. Your breasts. And she's like, okay. But I love that interview where, again, an old white man is like to her, oh, you know, did Justin get jealous seeing you kiss someone in the movie? And she goes, it's a movie. It's acting. You're an adult. You should know that. And then gives a big smile. And it's so good. Like, I reckon she's a little weapon. I reckon she's got a lot going on upstairs. I think she did. He would not from her dancing. I just think she's honestly been traumatized by how successful she was so young, how sexualized she was. And this, like, she would have never really properly had a childhood or grown up. She just would have been tossed into this adult world and sexualized so, so young. It's, I just think her life would have been bizarre. Not her, but like so many of the Nickelodeon kids and the Disney kids yeah. were sexually assaulted on set. Oh. Dan Schneider, who is the showrunner and creator for so many of those shows, is apparently such a creep he's a foot fetishist which Ooh. is why the nickelodeon symbol is a foot oh that makes me feel sick and there's like a whole episode of victorious which is dedicated to like one of the girls i used feet. to love victorious i think i was too old to watch it but i did watch it oh we were i loved hannah montana was Same. i 16 yes yes i was <laughs> i was a late bloomer actually i was a late bloomer with boys but not with like i think i'd be lying if i said i was a late bloomer with like going in up and stuff that was early I loved like kids shows. I still do. And like dolls and toys and stuff until I was quite yeah. old. And I still do. Like I would, there was a huge Barbie display in Sainsbury's a few days ago and I just stood and looked at it for so long. Oh my God. And it took all my might not to buy a Barbie. My might. Like I was like, I just love Barbie so much. I would happily buy one and just It's just the best times the of your life. Like every Saturday I'd go to the warehouse with my dad and he is a soft touch, and every Saturday he'd buy me a Barbie, and my God. Honestly, that explains a lot. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> we have this, like, book at this, we've got, I mean, saying it's a house is generous. Dad bought this, like, ho- hovel when he was a student near Mount Rapehu, and so we I thought still- you were talking about your family home, and I was like, wow. No, I love his family home. He is like, <laughs> she's ruthless. No, this is at Mount Rapehu, and Dad, there's no reception, no TV. Dad would drag us down there every year. Um, and there's something we call, like, there's like a book we had to write in every time, like about what was going on in our lives. Every single entry from me was about the latest Barbie I'd gotten. Like, That's so sorry, cute. but I'm, I am the way I am. Like, I'm a material girl. You have been since day dot. Blair and I, my sister had working out Barbie and she came with a tape. And we would like play the Working Out Barbie song over and over and over again and dance to it with the Barbie. And we'd like take turns holding the Barbie for the dance. Can you imagine how much that would have driven your parents insane? I think they loved it. They've got videos of it. It would have kept us entertained for hours. Oh, oh, not hearing the same song. Did you have, I had the guitar Barbie and and Think Pink. Think Pink. (laughs) Think Pink. Really? I would have played that a hundred times. So my parents were doing ripping their hair out. Yeah, actually, to be fair, like, imagine. Get a new trick. Imagine how often you'd have to listen to the same songs as a parent. When a kid's like, watch this, and they like do a shit spin. And you're like, okay. And they're like, watch again. You're like, I'm so uninterested in this. No, when they jump into the pool. Oh, 
They're like, watch, watch, watch. So they just jump in and they like come up like, can barely breathe. <laughs> and they're like, and they do that creepy little iPad kid cough. They're like, <laughs> they're like mouth open and their tongue rolled. <laughs> Have some decorum. I know you're eight. <laughs> but every happiness to you and Sam for your impending childhood journey. Thank you so much. How are you feeling? Good. Feeling good. I feel like maybe the baby's dropped a bit today. Oh my god, it's so exciting. I don't know if it's in my head or not, but it does it feel either it's gotten bigger or it's dropped a little bit because like I can feel it way more on my legs when I'm sitting down. It feels way heavier. Oh my god. Um it, I feel like more pressure. It's getting ready. He or she, I should stop saying it. No, I don't mind the it. The it doesn't offend me. Go go with the it. It's so much faster than he or she. Yeah. It's it's getting ready. It's it's had a nice time in there. It's you know, warm and cozy, but it's time to, to pop your head above the parapet. Time to face the music, baby. Yeah, come on out. Come face real life and be miserable like the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. Come grow old. Come grow. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. I was thinking today how much alcohol like affects me more now than it. I was just speaking with my housemate about like you have a big night and it takes me like four business days to recover. It didn't used to be like this, and I know this is such shit chat, and everyone's like. Young people, I was always like, oh, my God, boring. That's not a thing. It is a thing. I'm sorry, but it is. And I'm indestructible and I'm getting like, I'm like, maybe I'll just have two drinks, you know? I remember when I first started working and I'd work with like 30-year-olds and they'd be like, oh, trust me, you hit 30 and like you can't drink anymore. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't get hungover. Never have. You're talking shit. You're not. You're not. And now I'm like, oh, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, we're it's right. It's true. <laughs> but we will never tell them that. Never. It's true. It's it's frankly quite alarming. Well, on the note of health, would you like to hear who I'm having for dinner? I certainly would. The baby. Yeah, that would be nice actually. Not sure if you're going to know who he is, but um, Tim Spector. Oh, your health food man. Yeah, quite a cool name, actually. For anyone that doesn't know, he's like um, a doctor of what, I'm not sure, but has a PhD in something. And he is really into gut health, but also like his, just into health in general, specifically food. And I listened to a podcast episode where he was being interviewed, and I just thought, he would be such an interesting person to have for dinner. First of all, I actually think it'd be hard to have him for dinner because I have no idea what I'd cook for him. He only really eats whole food and he's super anti-ultra-processed. But everything he says and speaks about, he gives you the information in a really easy-to-digest way. So he's super easy to listen to, really easy to understand, and his information is easy to remember. And he's really anti-diet like, cultures. Good. So way more. He thinks that we get too much protein in our diets and he thinks he, well, it's true, fact, factually, protein actually stores in the body as fat. We don't, we do eat too much of it. We don't use all that we eat unless you're like a bodybuilder or like yeah. super, super into the gym, which I'm personally not. And I don't think as many, many people are using the amount of protein that they consume. Yeah. Um, so it then stores in the body as fat. He said we're really um, fiber deficient. He also said, interestingly, he thinks people drink too much water, um, which interrupts your digestive system. Oh, God, my dad would agree. You're not meant to drink water with your meal either, like half an hour before, half an hour after. And he was like saying how there's this bizarre like sort of narrative that goes around that 
you should be drinking water before you're thirsty. And he was like, as if our ancestors had to try and predict with no cues when they were thirsty and just yeah. be constantly upping their water. Like, he just was like, it's just not a thing. Yes, everything he says is really logical and really easy to understand. And so I just thought he'd be a super interesting guest to have at dinner. I would try and cook him something that was very fibrous <laughs> to appease him, I think. He's really into uh, fermentation as well, so probably something fermented. Maybe some kombucha? Give him some kombucha, some kimchi. On the fibre point, a lot of, probably in the UK as well, but I know a lot of American food, the fibre's reduced um, because, A, you eat more yes, because you don't get exactly. that natural satiated feeling and it uh, helps with yes. shelf life. So a lot of these of cereals and stuff have all the fiber removed because, which is it's capitalism run wild. That's what I'll say. Profit over health. He also said vitamin vitamin D. Um, if you sit in the sun for ten minutes, you'll probably get enough vitamin D. He was like, you don't need to be taking a supplement, which is different to what my understanding was, which was in a country like this, we need to be taking a vitamin D supplement all through the winter. Well, because how often do we sit in the sun for 10 minutes? It's often very grey here. For those days, like... But he said, he, I mean, he actually said there's a difference between darker skin and lighter skin, but lighter skin, you can actually store vitamin D for quite a long time. Um, and again, so he's quite anti-supplements sort of in general. That's good. My granddad was a doctor. He called them expensive urine. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, so I just thought I would have him for dinner. He's English, so he's also really nice to listen to. Great accent. Sounds great. And it also accessible. Like, probably, I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb here, but probably more likely to get him than Brittany. Well, you never know. You should send him this podcast and see if yeah. he'll come on. Maybe I should. From Diary of a CEO to take away. <laughs> he'd be like, sorry, who? <laughs> what? A level up. Oh my God, he'd be lucky. Very lucky. Um, what are you watching or reading this week? I am watching a new one from, you know how I've told you about Mike Flanagan, who does Haunting of Hill House. Do you know I had messages yesterday from like three different people with the last name Flanagan? Why are there so many people with the last name Flanagan? <laughs> your basic, your common. Change your anyway, name. Anyway, continue. Make it something no one can expel or pronounce, like Koei, which we actually don't pronounce correctly. My dad is Mike is koi koi yeah i think my really weird. dad's side of the family said haslop and then i've always we've always said haslop and just butchered it do you say haslop i hear haslop from you i say haslop no you don't <laughs> don't i <laughs> no you're alex aslop haslop haslop i've never heard the term haslop that's when i say it. <laughs> maybe it's not maybe my siblings say it do they i don't know i'm gonna ask them now I've never heard you say it. Anyway, sorry. So Mike Flanagan has a new offering just in time for spooky season. My, I'm so excited for autumn and for the cold weather and the pumpkins. Like I'm absolutely jacked for this. See, I feel like I'm going to kind of miss spooky season because I'm breeding. But next year, hopefully I'll be able to take the kid to a pumpkin patch. Well, and the kid will be dressed as a pumpkin, obviously. <laughs> oh my God. Think of the tiny costumes we can buy at. A tiny ghost outfit. Be so cute. Does it walk at one? Will it walk around on its own in the costume? Mine will. Mine will be. <laughs> Yours will be very advanced. We know this. But anyway, he's made a new show called uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, which I haven't. Haunting of Hill House is absolutely his best work to date. I've watched everything else since 
nothing quite lived up, but this is actually really good. Is he the guy who you recommended a series from the other week? And I started watching it and you said he's done it with his daughter? No, that's Helen Coven. Oh, yes. I started watching that. That was interesting. Do you want to elaborate on it? I did like it, but it was very high schooly. That's what I said. It's like it's high school goosebumps vibes. The kids trying to solve yeah, it. Yeah, I actually kind of forgot I was watching it. I need to get back into it. I, I liked it, but I like that kind of like a little bit of mystery, not too spooky. This is this is turning out to be quite spooky. In the first 10 minutes, they bury their mother and she climbs oh. out of the grave. Like it was quite... No, I'm not watching that. You couldn't pay me to watch something like that. But it's the time. I felt like something spooky. It's exactly right. And then I'm reading, you know, when you leave your Kindle open in your bag and it, oh, yes. when you next turn it on, it's like font size 0.54. Every time. It's always that damn little button that just pops on. Um, but I'm reading The House on Foster Hill, which is by Jamie Jo Wright. Too long of a name, but it is quite good. It's a book I said I'd stopped reading the other day because it was overwritten. Oh, but yes. I found myself sort of thinking about the victim and wondering what had happened. So I'm giving it another go. Oh, it captured you and brought you back in. It did a little bit, yeah. So I'm back. Um, and that's me. What about you? I am watching The Reckoning which I could not recommend more. It's so dark and so scary, but based on true events, it's about uh, Jimmy Savile. Oh, yuck. Which I actually didn't know that much about him. I obviously knew he was a bad man, but I that was sort of the extent of my knowledge. He, didn't he abuse like cancer kids and stuff? He, yeah, was a DJ, like a radio DJ in Leeds. But then I think came down to London, became super successful uh, within the UK. And basically completely abused his power to abuse young girls. And the way they've done the series is quite interesting. And boys? I have, I'm have. i only a couple of episodes in, so potentially boys too, but um, so far just girls. He is the was the youngest of six kids from a really religious Catholic family. And there's kind of a scene where his mum says that she actually never wanted to have a sixth child. She wasn't in the headspace for it. And she blames herself for a lot of his darkness. She confesses this to a priest in one of the episodes. And whether or not that's actually true, obviously, we'll never know. But clearly he had like quite a strange childhood if they're alluding to those sorts of comments. And the way they've done the show is quite interesting because they've got the actual victims to do like an interview. And they run that first and kind of give like a bit of a brief history on it. And then they interview the victims and talk about them and they like speak. And then the, that goes into the drama. And then at the end, they brought back up those victims' faces and showed which character it was. Oh, my God. So it gives you real context and you really feel like you've got skin in the game. So like really clever, but obviously hits home really hard. And it's a very dark show. It's not just the reenactment. No, exactly. And they haven't like made up cases and stories for the sake of the drama it's very hard to watch very hard. like I've been like like Sam at one point was like shit this is dark but yeah but also like an amazing series so it's on I think it's on BBC iPlayer so I assume it's been made by the BBC done really really well yeah I would highly recommend despite the fact that it's pretty horrific I wonder if he did he get a bit. I mean, well, yeah, that's the thing. You've got to wonder what happened in his childhood. He makes one comment to his biographer as well, where they, he, the biographer says, "What was your childhood like?" And he says, "Didn't have one." Next question, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh my god! I wonder in what way, because that could mean anything. That yeah, and then because as the youngest as well, you usually 
Well, yeah, I, I took that to mean like he had to grow up pretty quickly. You know, you didn't have like a proper childhood or like a normal childhood. Right. Like the word childhood doesn't align with what he experienced clearly. He's just a classic example, surely, of someone who got in, into that position so that he had access to victims, surely. Yeah, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay, moving on to letters from the fans. And good news, we have a letter from somebody who finally wants some advice from us. So I'm pretty excited. Oh my God, this is what we want. This is our, this is us leveling up to agony aunts. Um, hi, Alex and Emma. I just wanted to say how much I love the pod. You two are so easy to listen to and I honestly get so oh. excited when I see a new oh. episode is up at the start of my week. So oh. cute. You definitely don't have to read this out if it's not the right vibe. We're reading it out. But I think you mentioned wanting to offer some advice on random situations, so I thought I'd reach out. I really want to move overseas, but my boyfriend doesn't. So many of my friends have gone, and I feel like I'm missing out, hanging back for him. But is it really cruel to say I'm going anyway and leave him behind? Part of me thinks maybe he'll come with me, but then what if he doesn't, and then meet someone else while I'm gone? I really do love him and want to be with him, so it's nothing like that. Any advice would be so helpful. Thanks so much. First of all, bless you. Such a tough situation. I'd say go. Honestly, go. Moving overseas, you would not regret. I think there's a good chance he could follow you. Does she say how old she is? No, she hasn't. She hasn't. I guess, yeah, that's something to factor in. If you're like 30 and you think and you want to start breeding soon. No, do you know what? If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. And honestly, it is such like, I think everyone's terrified before they move overseas for whatever reason. Like, my sister moved overseas, even though she had a boyfriend she loved, and they broke up, and now they're back together. Like it, it works. All our friends who went, all our friends who like did exchange and went away and split up, got back together. Like this is something you need to do for you because imagine, I mean, not to be devil's advocate, but no, that's not the right word. Not to be pessimistic, but imagine he breaks up with you in five years, and you're like sick. I just spent my youth in a place I didn't want to be. Instead of expanding my horizons and doing what I wanted to do, not everyone wants to go away, but if you do want to do it. I think you need to honor that for yourself. And I agree. I do kind I mean, obviously you don't want to throw away the one. Like I'm a bit of a romantic, like if you've got your person. But also, I mean, I thought I had my person when I was younger and I broke up with them because I wanted to move away. And literally it was the best thing I'd ever done. I've grown so much. I'm a different person from what I was then. And I think if they're for you, then it'll work out and you 100%. need to put yourself first. I think there's such a good chance as well, if it is meant to be and you guys are meant to be together, that he will follow. I completely you know? agree. He just, I don't think, I barely know a guy who's moved over to London single. Like everyone comes over with their girlfriend because their they girlfriend is like, them. okay, we're going to, we're doing something. We're getting out of here. We're falling ass. Like, Do you know Sam's auntie said to me once that in her day, it was really common for girls to move overseas and not so common for the men because the men tended to stay home and really set up their careers. And the girls would all go overseas. And then when they were ready, they'd head back and find themselves a husband who had just been sacking around home. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. I know. It's I true. Love like it. a lot of guys are like, like one of our friends is moving home to get on the partner track, even though he doesn't want to move home. He's like thinking big picture, which I personally am like allergic to doing. I have been known to say men are an infinite resource. 
which some would argue is a little bit flippant. <laughs> they are, but men you actually want to marry, it turns out, are not so much of an infinite resource. But I do think you can do nothing better than invest in yourself. Completely in what agree. You want, like, Alex, you moved over here. Yeah, I traveled without Sam for a bit and lived here for a bit without him. And like, you didn't know what was going to happen. And I think if you come, if you move away and you miss him terribly and you think this is a huge mistake, then at least you know, and you're not going to lie awake at night when you're 45 thinking, yeah, that's so true. What could it have been? And also, I think if you stay, there's a really good chance you'll resent him at some point, and that's not really fair on him either. Yeah, it's so true. If you let someone else sway you, you don't really get to then hold it against them, even if you want exactly. to. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I hope that helps. Good luck. And I'd say go, baby. Book your ticket. I'd say go too. But I really feel for you. Hopefully he just backs himself up and follows you. I'm sure he will. That's the dream. I'm sure he will. Yeah. And if not, block him. Give him give him our number and we'll talk some hard words into him. Go get out of there. Send, go send him this episode. Yeah. Say <laughs> so it's a coincidence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now let me see if I've got anything. Ah. Hi, Alex and Emma. Absolutely loving listening to the pod on my Tuesday morning commute to work and the side eyes when I giggle out loud. A question for you, Alex, on your pregnancy journey. What have you been avoiding eating during pregnancy and what haven't you been that some would traditionally tell you to? Curious to understand how flexible fellow foodie has been and what have been your go-to meals. Also, when are you both visiting NZ next? Thanks heaps and can't wait to listen to your next episode. The food thing is really hard because different countries have different advice on it. So, for example, my understanding is in New Zealand, they say don't eat hummus, whereas here it's a recommended snack for pregnant women to eat hummus. Is that because the chickpeas are treated differently or because it's they're more processed? I think it's the tahini. The tahini is treated differently here. I think a lot of tahini is heat treated, whereas it's not in New Zealand. It's a cold process. That makes sense. Also, eggs here. You can eat raw eggs here, so long as they're the British lion eggs, which all eggs are. There's no salmonella here. Yeah. The chickens don't have salmonella in no, England. How crazy is that? So, yeah, eggs you can eat. I've posted, like, a lot of food, obviously, on my stories, and people who don't live here tend to come at me over the stuff that I'm eating all the time. And I'm like, I just because you have that regulation in your country doesn't mean it's the same here. But in saying that, I have also been quite relaxed on stuff so I've eaten like slightly rare steak, for example, which obviously you're supposed to have well-cooked steak. You haven't touched a drop of alcohol, which is... No, so alcohol has been my real clincher. I just did a lot of research on the food and a lot of it is very, very overcautious. And I felt like I had like a reasonably good understanding of the food code to then make those kind of risk-based decisions. Whereas with alcohol, the research on it is so limited and there's no understanding of certain amounts or the risk at all and so then I just drew the line in the sand for alcohol and was like okay well I'm not having anything so I haven't had a single I don't think I've had a sip of alcohol I'm sure you could totally totally and so many people do and people say it's absolutely fine but that's just been me because I also and also as you've said there's no point having one like exactly I'm a bit of a binge drinker so (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get fucked up also I really like the idea that my tolerance is going to be so low (laughs) (laughs) when I drink again. Like, and honestly, that drives me. One shandy and you'll be on your ass. Yeah. That honestly drives me to not drink so much. It's going to be phenomenal. You'll be the cheapest drunk this side of the equator. I know. I can't wait. 
hope to be there for your first beverage, you know. Yeah, so food thing, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty chilled, to be honest. But not chilled, not ignorantly chilled, like chilled because you've done your research and you've yes. made a decision. Exactly, exactly. Which is different to being chilled. And also, like, in France, for example, they their restrictions are super, like, different again and even more relaxed again. Shit, yeah, the French are very mellow. They say you can still eat all the soft cheeses and that kind of thing, so I've kind of had some cheeses. <laughs> occasionally <laughs> basically i just pick and choose which food code is working for me on the day fair enough there's a cheese board in front of me i'm with the french i will graze at it i also had a message from somebody who responded it wasn't on takeaways but um she responded to my story that I put up of me, Sam and I holding a pregnancy test. And I said in it, I felt like a completely different person back then when I took that photo. And she asked me to elaborate on it. So I did slightly. And she was like, I'd really love to understand more on this if you would consider discussing it. So I thought I'd raise it here. I think what I meant by it, when I look back at like that photo when we first got pregnant and even just photos before I was pregnant, I feel like I was so youthful and fresh-faced and innocent and slightly naive. You didn't know the, the the hardships of the world. I had sort of slightly different priorities, I guess. And now I feel, I feel like I was so like, my life was so like light and easy then. Not that my life's hard now at all. You're really selling parenthood. But yeah, I just feel like I've, I feel like I'm such a different person. And I'm sure once I have the baby, I'll feel like a different person again. Yeah. It's a huge like period of growth. Having yeah. to think about someone else, having to worry about someone else. It's a lot of undertaking. Absolutely. You're constantly, you know, concerned about your financial situation, bringing a baby into the world. And whereas like my financial situation before, the concerns were more like, oh, can I go on this trip? You know? Can I buy this dress? Yeah. Can I check out my matches.com basket? And I also feel like I've learned so much about my body and the human body, I guess, on that journey and like what it's capable of, but also how impacted it's going to be when I go yeah. through birth, no matter what way this baby comes out. <laughs> I mean, I've I've learned a lot too. Seeing your story, what you had to buy. Yeah, that sort of thing. So you sort of feel, yeah, more like attuned to so many things that people go through all the time. It's incredible what women can do. Let's address this. Let's not be silly here. Absolutely phenomenal. I genuinely think part of the reason that men oppress women is because they're mind-fucked and jealous that we can make human life. We can, and they can't. They'll never, ever get to experience that. And they that, never will. Which I actually feel a bit sorry for them on that. Like They'll never, ever get to experience having a baby inside them and growing that baby. And they can't handle it. So they made up the economy in the stock market to feel like they could give life. But I'm sorry, you can't. Have you seen that bar in London? Did you see that? I sent it to you. It looks so cool. It's like a stock market bar and the prices of the cocktails and food change. So they're forever fluctuating dependent on demand. So you've got to like be watching the board to see when your cocktail or menu item goes down in price. Then you try and buy it before it goes back up. Yeah. I've, and and like then there'll be like a market crash and everything will be like two pounds. I'm like, oh my God. So funny. It's cool. 
The 411. The 411. Love that. Kind of a shit name. Wait, is that a, is that a stock's name? The 411. I always think of it as like, what's 411? Like, what's the information? I'm assuming now that it's got a financial implication or like a meaning. It must do. I thought it was like a police code. What's that code? What's that code that means? 911. No, that means getting high. Four 420. 420. J Day. Is that the police code for getting high? Yeah, I think it. I think it's oh got something God. to do with a police code and like if someone was smoking marijuana, it's like a four twenty. It was a four twenty, and so that's why people smoke marijuana at four twenty. And that's why they have like that weird festival in Albert Park. Oh no, sorry, cut that because I did go when I was fourteen. Don't want people to know that. <laughs> I was quite shaka bra in my youth. I hate it. We can admit it. I hate weed. It made me so paro. I don't have time for that. I really don't like it. That's awful. I just wanted to go to sleep. I've, I overthought everything that had ever happened in my life. Such a chill girl. Such a cool girl. People say you need to take less of it. Which maybe could help. I didn't. I couldn't have had less. See, I was ripping a huge... That's <laughs> <laughs> was ripping a huge <laughs> doobie. <laughs> Joint. Nah, it's not for me. Um. Yeah, so go to that bar. Fabius is also a, bar, a restaurant that I saw called Swiss Butter. And you go in and you get a massive ribeye or chicken or and sides and stuff, and it's 20 pounds. And it looks incredible, and it's in Hoburn. So wow, I want to go yum. there as well. I sent that to you, and you didn't reply. Oh, I must have missed it. I actually sent it to the group chat, and no one oh, replied. Sorry. I'm very busy. And I thought, what am I here for? <laughs> but it's called Swiss Butter, and it looks absolutely phenomenal i don't want to drive too many people there but did you see the one i found the all you can eat sushi oh yeah wow we're going there we are going there a friend of ours actually just had a baby the other day and her husband was saying that in the delivery room sorry in the room afterwards the postnatal ward is just all these men coming in with bags of sushi for all the girls wanting to eat raw fish <laughs> oh my god that's so good so funny i just love like never that. seen so much raw salmon it's like that tiktok that if your partner doesn't bring you a sushi boat after you've given birth what's he doing and it reminded me of that tiktok of the woman have you ever seen it and she sort of said all the ways her husband annoyed her during her birth like you know, she went into active labor and he asked her what was for dinner. She started throwing up. He brought her the dog bowl to throw up into. You're joking. She said, she said, I need to go to the hospital. He took a scenic route that they'd never taken. And she was like, are you for real? And then she went through labor. He was watching a sports game on his phone in the room and made her move over so he could share the bed. And then, and then afterwards she was like, passing out from hunger and she was like I've got a granola bar in my bag and he goes can we have it I'm a bit peckish <laughs> and obviously TikTok came for him and we're like girl leave Aww. like he doesn't respect you like he sounded awful there was more to it and then she put out a video being like um don't come for my husband like that was all jokes like that's all fine by me like you don't know what goes on and she sounded like she had Stockholm syndrome we were like this guy doesn't love you he doesn't even really like you he brought her the dog bowl with dog food in it so much of that can be taken out of context though i hope so for her sake because then she went to the like balls to the wall defending him and i was like this guy sounds like a fucking asshole i've heard of a lot of people say that their husband ate all their snacks in hospital 
a lot of people have said that. And actually, Sam Sam has already started referring them to to them as our hospital our snacks. snacks. I'm like, these are not for you, mate. These are all mine. But he'd be saying that as like a little jokey for more. Oh, like, he genuinely thinks. If you were genuinely starving, he would not be splitting them with you. He is so sound. Yeah, but I think lots of people would be like, oh, I'm happy to split it with you, you know? Like if she was like, please, no, I need the whole muesli bar. I'm so hungry. And he was like, no, wench, give me half. She didn't sound like she had a backbone to rub together. So, But maybe she was like, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that. So maybe she's just a pest. Maybe I should link it up onto the pod page. Do let, Let's get people's opinion on it. I want to get people's opinion on that, A and B. Should I put me Monday in the grid? Should I start posting our memes? Is that a question for me? All the fun? What is your opinion, Mort? And the punters? Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Everyone loves memes. Yeah. And w- I wish I'd done it because now there's 16 sets or 20 sets. And I'm like, I need to. You can drip feed every few days. We can't just have 20 memes back to back. Maybe we can do that over the break and just, I'll just meme yeah. it up every week. That's a good idea, actually. That would be fun. Yeah. For anyone who didn't listen last week, very rude. Go back and listen. <laughs> but this could be, I'm going to say it every, every time now until I go yeah. into labor. This could be our last episode. Before I go into labour. But we don't know. We're just going to keep recording. I'm 39 weeks pregnant. A few days off 40. You're four days off your due date. Pretty crazy. Oh my God. When's Sam's birthday? Sam's birthday's on Friday. Next Friday. Yeah. So he soon. He really wants the baby to be born on his birthday. And I really don't because I just think that would be so shit for the kid having to share its birthday with its dad its whole life. Well, the dad just wouldn't get a look at but it would. It still would. Like every year you'd have to pose for a picture and blow out the candles together and you'd have to have a family dinner. And my dad grew up sharing a birthday with his mum. And so I think he's scarred from it. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. Better start pushing Mort. It's, I think a dad would be a lot better at sharing. I mean, Sam, Sam would love it. Sam would be amazing at sharing his birthday. But I just still think when you're like 13, you know, and I'd be like, come home and have a family dinner. Well, not that the kids kicked out of it. <laughs> Assume you met her at school. Please come home. I know you're an addict, but we can try. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, we'll have this for dinner because it's Dad's favorite. No, that's grim. Push it out before. I think it'll. I think yeah, it'll come out. Got to be before or after. Yeah. I mean, it would. It would be pretty crazy if it came on that day. Have you got any takeaways for us this week? I I do have one. Basically, um, we had a talk from the CEO of our parent company, which is a mess, like a. I think it's the biggest privately owned company in America. And he was talking about the fact that when he's in a negotiation, he'll always leave something on the table. He was like, I'm not here to gut you. I'm not here to be ruthless. Like we want our partners to feel good. And reputation is the most important thing. So A, if you're going to do something, if your family were to read it on the headlight of a newspaper, would they be proud of you? If not, don't do it. And B, your reputation is so important. It takes years to build and seconds to lose. So always do things that align with your morals and do the right thing, not the most profitable thing, which I think is really a nice little reminder in these capitalist times. Anyway, we are out of time. We're out of time. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.